This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to Betting Weekly, the EPL edition of the podcast, where we look ahead to the upcoming fixtures in the English Premier League. We're back, international break done and dusted. Players reporting back into training today, uh, which means that we're just starting to get wind of some of the injury news and uh, and looking ahead to this weekend, of course, which should be a cracker. There's some really, really excellent games. Uh, joining me, as usual, to preview the games and share with you guys some of their best bets. Uh, first up, Jack Wright. Jack, welcome back. How was your international break? Very good, mate. Yeah, nice little reset. Obviously now ahead of the final stretch for this. Um, and the eyes on the league and boys who are, are relentless at the top. And uh, we've got to be a bit more aggressive, I think. Me and Nigel, we're going to go and... Uh, mm competitive gonna to have to hunt them down back from miami fresh-faced here he is nigel seeley is with us yep. um nigel what do you kind of look at at this point of the season do you as jack says go that little bit more aggressive or does it depend on the season you've had so far i wouldn't say i've gone aggressive but i'm looking at a couple of five fives this week to try to <laughs> steal the lead <laughs> one of these wolves <laughs> <laughs> I got a seven-seven game. That I'm thinking might might happen, and even if we got that, we're not going to catch the the, the league um, boys at the top of the table. No, I think the the big thing you, you've got this season is that you've got. Um, the, we'll come on to one of my picks in a minute, which you'll see. But I think the big thing about it is that there's not many teams have got nothing to play for, really. You know, that's the big part of this season, especially with this relegation battle at the bottom of the table where nine teams are involved in that. Usually you'll have half a dozen sides in the Premier League. You'd be thinking, oh, I wouldn't mind playing them because they've got nothing to play for. I think this season is like unlike any other. There's one team, I think, who are probably got their speedos on and uh, we'll come on to them later. But uh, no, uh, I didn't have my speedos on in Miami, I'm, I'm afraid. You know, it, was just, it, was, it wasn't my kind of thing. But uh, yeah, international break... Um, I didn't watch any of the. I watched England into the game, but didn't watch any of the other international football because I was obviously so busy at the tennis. But um, yeah, it's been a it's been a good break. Miami was fantastic, and uh, yeah, looking forward to the next trip. Thankfully for the state of Florida, Nigel Seeley wasn't walking around in his uh, speedos uh, over the past week. There was a lot worse sights. There was a lot worse sights than that. that potentially, <laughs> well, you would have seen better. Not nicer sights as well, but a lot worse sights than that as well. <laughs> right, let's dive into it then. Uh, the big. But early game this weekend is, of course, between Manchester City and Liverpool. Jack, 12 months ago, uh, this would have been billed as a title decider. It still could have huge implications in the title race, but it's not quite that this time around. Uh, talk to us a little bit about it and what you've gone for. Yeah, what a way for the Premier League to come back. It's an absolute blockbuster. It's obviously been the probably the prestige game of the last four or five seasons, as you rightly say. It's generally been top versus second, one way around or another. Um, not this time round, as you, as you rightly say, but it is still an absolutely massive game for both these sides. Man City go into eight points adrift to Arsenal. They can't afford to drop points. You know, if they do, then they could be going into the next game week like double digits behind. And Liverpool, 
I've only got the top four to go for now. So uh, five points adrift of fifth place. Same same things apply to them. They've just got to go for the win. Their inconsistency has been well documented. So I've gone for something here, which I think is going to be a consistent thing. You know, you look at the price on Man City, you don't often see them that short for a game against Liverpool. So I've gone for what I feel is, is something that will be consistent in this game. And that is um, going into the cards market. Mentioned being a little bit more aggressive, so I'll, I'll come on to the fact that I've gone for a specific player card in this one. It has been um, cards generally in this game over the last few seasons for the reasons we've pretty much now talked about, but we expect it to be the same this time. Feisty, fast, frenzied. Expect that to be the case with with cards. There's been 24 cards in the last five League and Cup meetings between these two sides, so an average of just under five. An interesting split, eight for Man City, 16 for Liverpool. So anyone wanting to get on in play, that's something to bear in mind if it kind of follows the same trend. But all those five have seen at least uh, four cards in them. So we could get on at minus 129. The line was surprisingly low for me. Minus, I'm sorry, three and a half cards is the line set. We could get on that. But I say I've gone a bit more aggressive. Um, I've gone for um, a player card, and that player is Fabinho of Liverpool uh, in the midfield. He's attempted the most tackles for Liverpool this season with 65. But the key thing, he's got most of the most wrong for Liverpool as well. So he's committed 28 fouls, which is by far and away the most of any Liverpool player. Resulted in six yellow cards for him, which is more than double any of his teammates. Um, and the good news is he's in good form for picking up cards. He's picked up four yellows in his last five Premier League games. So in good nick there. And he's had lots of issues with Man City. When I researched this, looking at a card angle, I was stunned with the with the facts and stats on on Fabinho specifically. It had to be a play for me. Um, we've talked about Liverpool's midfield problems. They're getting a bit leggy as they get older, uh, and they're going to struggle against the City side that can pass their way through any team on the planet. Play obviously inverted, so that area is going to be congested. And we know what they can do with the likes of De Bruyne, with Gundogan, with Bernardo Silva, and with another five other players that you could probably mention fitting in there as well. So. Um, he was booked as recently in the League Cup tie at the Etihad against Man City in December. So very recent form to go on there. That was a 3-2 win for Man City on the day. Um, he was also booked in the reverse league fixture at Anfield in October. So he's on for some kind of a hat-trick here. If he can pick up a yellow card in this league meeting as well. And he did pick up a hat-trick of yellows last season because in both league games and in the FA Cup tie that they played in the semi-final last season as well. So... He's actually been booked in the last four league meetings between these two sides. So in total, six yellow cards in his last seven meetings with um, with Manchester City. So it's a pretty phenomenal record as far as that's concerned. The only one he didn't get booked in was in the Community Shield, which for those that are unaware of it is a bit of a glorified friendly, I suppose we can call it, uh, where the league champions take on the FA Cup winners from the previous season. So that was at the start of this season. We can discount that. So the last six competitive, really, he has... Uh, picks up a yellow card in it. Referee Simon Hooper, not the most prolific, but what I think about Hooper is he tends to try and keep a lid on it in the first half of games, and it tends to get a little bit out of control. Um, we've seen it the last time we refereed Man City, no cards in the first half against Newcastle, six in the second half. Liverpool, last time, was a referee against Everton, none in the first half, four in the second half. So something else to keep in mind if you want to get on in play as well. That that don't be too concerned that it might be a bit of a slow burner as far as he's concerned. But the play is for Benio to be carded at plus two ten. 
Nice one. Good stuff. Um, let's move on to the other team involved in the title race, uh, Arsenal. They take on Leeds United at Emirates Stadium uh, a little bit after this game. So they'll be, I'm sure, keeping a close eye on the events at the Etihad. Um, Nigel, you're going to be at this game as well. Um, you've gone for a pick in this one. Talk to us a little bit about it. Yeah, I've gone for both teams to score yes at even money. Um, I think Arsenal are obviously right. You know, I, I never expected Arsenal to be in the position they find themselves in. I thought that uh, the nerves would get to them. And that's why I want Man City to keep winning because I want to see how good this young Arsenal are side under pressure. I don't, I don't want Man City to lose and Arsenal get a couple of draws and win the title. I want I want this to go all the way. I want to, I want to see how they're going to be. How they're going to be. Sorry. Yeah. How about me? <laughs> no, but I think you do, don't you? You want to see, you want to see you want to see the team's best be tested, and I think that you'll see you'll learn a lot more if 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 Man City can keep winning, keep winning, keep winning, and the pressure's on Arsenal. It's what it was what Manchester United always used to do, didn't they? You know, they just kept on winning all the time whenever they went under Sir Alex Ferguson. So I think this I I, th- I really want Man City to win against Liverpool to keep this title race going and going, and and I expect Arsenal to win this game, but I don't think they're going to be as easy as you you think. Um. We know Arsenal have got a fantastic home record. They've only lost one game so far this season in the Premier League at home. But they they concede goals, and they've conceded a lot of goals at home. Uh, if you look at their record this season, they've won 11 matches at home in the Premier League, and they've conceded in nine of them. They've only kept two... Sorry, they've won 11, and then those wins, they've, they've conceded... They've only conceded... In, um, haven't conceded in two of them. So nine of their wins, they've won and conceded at the same time. In all of their matches in the Premier League, full team matches, including draws and defeats, their only defeat, they've only kept three clean sheets. So they do win and they do entertain. They do score goals, with which we know how prolific they are going forward. Saka's on fire, Martinelli's on fire. Uh, you know, Jesus is back as well now. So they've got goals in them, but defensively, they do give goals away. And um, I think Leeds come here with, uh, under the new manager. Javier Gracia, and then what we've seen from the two matches that he's been in charge, Leeds have been quite entertaining, quite attack-minded. They've gone at it, they've gone at it from the front foot, they've got a good 2-2 draw against Brent, um, against Brighton, where Patrick Bamford scored and Jack Harrison. Bamford obviously is their main man for score goals, hasn't had a, a season at all, but he's, he's come back from injury and hasn't looked the same player. But then last week they went to um, to Wolves and scored four goals in a, in a, against a Wolves side, we all know how good they are defensively. So I think if they can score four at Wolves, which is a tough place to go and score goals because Wolves are a very solid unit, the fact that Arsenal just win and don't concede, I think that they've got the capabilities of, of, of scoring here. I think if you want to look at Arsenal to get with Arsenal on the money line, which I think Arsenal will win, I think a same, day, a same match parlay of Arsenal to win and both teams to score yes is probably a, a, a good bet here because... It's cashed in uh, nine of Arsenal's 11 wins at home this season in the Premier League. But I think the safest way would to, for me would be just to bet both teams to score because the pressure's on them. You know, if Man City win, the pressure is on them. And, um, you know, some this time of season, we do see some some freaky results. And I think every game you go in, is nervous now as an Arsenal supporter. So um, I, I would just play a little bit safe. I'm going to go for both teams to score. Yes, I, I expect Arsenal to concede. I expect Leeds to, um, to score. But I also think that Arsenal probably will nick it, but both teams will score yes at even money is my bet. You're right to highlight Arsenal's uh, sort of slackness, I guess, in, in the defensive area recently. That's definitely been a problem of late. Um, Jack, you've also got a pick in this game, uh, but you've targeted a, a specific player. Um, you've decided to split 
a unit equally uh, across these two bets. Uh, so tell us uh, about them and, and talk us through it. Yeah, I've gone for, again, I've talked about being a bit more aggressive and I've gone for an aggressive play here, uh, splitting that unit between um, Saka to score and also half the unit on him to score two or more goals as well. Odds on that currently are plus 140 for him to score and plus um, 650 for him to score two or more goals as he did in his last game for Arsenal, of course, against Crystal Palace. So, Fantastic um, couple of weeks for him on international duty. It was great to see him getting some plaudits nationally for how he'd performed. Often we've seen in, in England sides, players that play for their com- um, country look completely different players to them, those that play for their domestic side. And Saka's certainly not that. Plays with a smile on his face, aggressive front foot, everything you see from him. Uh, Arsenal and, and Mikel Arteta praised his consistency this week as well in a press conference, which was which was great to hear. Um, and Nigel rightly says they're absolutely on fire, uh, play, relentless. They're, they're certainly making Man City work super hard if they're going to make this a title fight. Um, won the last six in the league, scored 19 goals, scored three or more in five of the last six, 11 of the last three at, uh, at home. So um, uh, the picture that Nigel painted of the game is how I expect it to go as well. I expect it to be an entertaining watch. Um, and, and I feel this will be a, a great matchup for Saka. Uh, I watched the Italy game close, quite, quite closely with um, Spinazzola as far as how he marked him. And I thought he showed him huge amounts of respect. He, he, he jockeyed him. He, he stood off him. He, he didn't want to really get engaged too closely with him. Didn't want to dive in. He knew he could be taken either way. And, and Saka's got incredible speed of four and, and foot. So didn't want to get exposed by that, which I thought was uh, was an interesting um, watch. Junior Firpo is is likely to be his direct opponent in this one. I don't think he'll take the same approach. I don't think he's that kind of player. Um, he loves to dive in, and I think that will open up Saka uh, the game for Saka completely. Um, Firpo's not been a crowd favourite at, at Leeds for sure since he joined the club. I spoke to a couple of Leeds fans and season ticket holders have said that um, that was pretty much the case, and he has turned it around a little bit under Grazia. I think things have improved as he as. Grazzi has been able to get him integrated with certainly more going forward, but this will be more about him defensively to at uh, the weekend. And um, I'm not sure he's got the tools to be able to handle Saka. Um, there's no Tyler Adams either. He's ruled out for the season, which will be a big blow for Leeds defensively, as well as um, Verba as well, missing likely. So a lot of pressure on Firpo. As I said, he loves to dive in. And I just think that that will open up the, the chance for Saka to skip by him regularly. Um, I tweeted about the link-up with um, Ben White in that Palace game. I thought it was exceptional. Uh, those two seems to have got some kind of telepathy going on at the moment. The, the way that they can synchronise the run and the ball, either inside or outside, just leaves that left side of defender spinning, not quite sure which way to go. So I just feel that Saka is made for this game with the confidence as high as he is. Um, he scored two goals, as I mentioned, in that game against Palace the last time out. He's now scored five in his last seven. So in very, very good form. 12 in total for the season, now only behind Martinelli. Scored great goal against Ukraine at the weekend. Talked about exactly that. Cut inside the, the left back to curl it into the top corner. So something similar to that I can see. And um, he's also on penalties as well, which is an added bonus against Leeds. So um, for me, there we go. The stake um, split evenly between um, him to score and for him to score two or more. Fantastic stuff. I like the look of that one. Uh, Nigel, let's come back to you, mate. Um, two teams involved in that 
relegation battle. You mentioned earlier that there are nine teams involved in this, which is quite remarkable. Uh, two of them, two that are really in the thick of it. One that's already sacked their manager uh, in a bid to try and avert themselves away from the issues. Leicester taking on Crystal Palace. What have you got here? Well, these are the two uh, out of form teams in the Premier League, aren't they? I mean, the two sides are in absolutely dreadful form. Leicester have no wins in six. Palace no wins in 13. Lost their last four. Scored just one goal in their last five matches and only scored one in their last um, five. Sorry, I failed to score in five of their last six. So that tells you the kind of match we're going to have here. Uh, also, it tells you Roy Hodgson's back in charge as well. 75 years young. Uh, in charge of Crystal Palace uh, for his return to the Selhurst Park. Um, it's going to be, I think, I think nothing changes with Palace. I think they um, they try to get a point. Roy Hodgson's more negative than, yeah. than Patrick Vieira. I think it's all be like, let's try to get a nil-nil, get a point, and just get an extra point on the table. He's a wily manager who doesn't really do anything, really flair. When he was an England manager, England didn't play anywhere near the, the star that we see now from them. And uh, I think it will all be about avoid defeat. Uh, I think the half of the Crystal Palace fans will be happy that he's back. Another half won't be happy that he's back, but they understand he's got a job to do and keep him in the Premier League. And where you're going to keep him in the Premier League is by picking up points in, in and around teams and in and around you. And I think with nine teams in this battle, I think that people will go for the look for draws and try to touch the draws and get points and just go up the table. So I think this is going to be a very low-scoring game. I was I was very tempted for under two and a half, but the reason I went with this bet is because of the goal threat that Leicester offer. I mean, Leicester are the fifth highest scorers in the Premier League. You know, Arsenal, Manchester City, Tottenham and Brighton are above them. They're the fifth highest goal scorers. Crystal Palace are the lowest goal scorers in the Premier League. We talk about young English players who are like with, with Saka there, who's, you know, is... His profile's gone up. James Madison goes up and up every single week. I think he's the difference between these sides. I think he can unlock this team. And from to win football matches, you've got to score goals. Uh, and Leicester have got goals in them. Crystal Palace haven't. So I think for that, I give the edge to Leicester here. Um, I'm not going to bet the uh, Leicester to win it because I do. I am slightly concerned that the new manager you know, comes in and thinks, right, we get a draw. But I think on the draw, no bet market, I think Leicester here are, are, are a decent little bet here. So I'm going to go for Leicester on the draw no bet at even money. Palace are still the favourites. They don't score goals. I don't think you can just turn on your form. I don't think you can go 14 matches without a win and then suddenly, because you need to win in the inverted commas, uh, that you go and do it. Uh, Palace have a terrible run of fixtures with, with some top, top teams, but now they've got to play teams in or around them. So the next three or four games is going to really determine whether they're going to go down or up. It's, a, it's crucial. But I think this is going to go down to the wire. And I just think the fact they're not scoring goals, the fact they haven't got a, a striker, Leicester have a striker, Leicester have a playmaker. And Leicester, uh, despite their um, their run of bad form, where they've conceded a few goals, up against Palace, I just can't see where Palace are going to hurt them. So I'm going to go for Leicester here on the draw, no bet, at plus uh, 100. I was slightly tempted to take uh, the under two and a half goals because... I can, but then the draw is a, is a big concern. So that's why I've got it, the insurance of having the, the money back if it's a draw. I should make it clear as well that the game does take place at Crystal Palace. I said Leicester take on uh, Crystal Palace, which they do. But the game is, of course, at Selhurst Park. Uh, so just to flag that as well. Um, Jack, let's come back to you. Um, the late game on Saturday, Chelsea against Aston Villa. 
Chelsea having such a weird season. They're, they're very much a, a kind of middle of the roadside at the moment. You don't really know what you're going to get from them from week to week. It feels like the noise around the Graham Potter situation has quietened down just a little bit, as if people have accepted this is what Chelsea are this season. But they face a side in Aston Villa at the weekend who are very, very close to them um, in the Premier League table. They're level on points with them on the same games played and just uh, slightly behind them on goal difference. So um, this is going to be an interesting fixture. What have you got? Yeah, I think it should be a good one. Um, and I've gone for more of a traditional bet here. I'm going with both teams to score after a couple of sort of player props. And uh, you're right, I thought it looked like Chelsea kind of turned the corner. Uh, three wins on the bounce for them under Graham Potter. And it seemed that say, things were starting to take shape for them. A couple of wins in the league, Leeds and Leicester. The win against Dortmund, I thought was a good win. Got them through to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. And I think the Chelsea fans have just got that element about them at the moment, thinking, well, we can stick by this. Can we get some kind of sort of maybe fluke results? Probably not the right term, but that kind of thing. And and somehow win a, a Champions League in a season which looked complete and a disaster. So I think they're kind of hanging on to that at the moment. But yeah, mid-table... Um, I said that they look like they turned it. They're starting to join the dots forward wise, I think, under Potter. I think he's now got to that point where he probably knows his best, not maybe not his best 11, but certainly he's got a 13 or 14 core that he can call on that he thinks that that's where we're going to play with that system. Havertz is starting to take a hold in that number nine position while, he, while he's kind of being forced to play there, scored in each of his last three competitive games for Chelsea as well. So I think um, Joe Felix coming in has done exceptionally well. Uh, he's, he's linked play nicely, got his first goal as well. And that was in the last Premier League out and which was a, that disappointing draw as it turned out against against Everton, twice took the lead and then um, conceded in the last minute uh, of that one. So um, we're getting a big price here on both teams to score. We're getting minus 106. It was just plus money earlier in the week and uh, it's now still minus 106, a great price. I think mainly because Chelsea got a, a weird run of uh, fixtures at Stamford Bridge where seven of their last eight have seen both teams to score no land. Obviously, the one that did land was the last one and that was the uh, Desmond scoreline, 2-2 there against uh, Everton. And if Everton can score two goals against you, then certainly this Villa side can. Um, you know, Everton only won once away from home. We know they struggle scoring. Um, and and as far as Villa, we've talked about, I think, each about the last four or five shows. They just, they do continue to impress. They've now won three games out of the last four, undefeated in all four of those as well. Beaten Bournemouth 3-0 last time out. Um, could have been six, really, to be fair. Goal disallowed, a few big chances missed as well. So very much front foot, very much attacking under Emery and very impressive. And so we've got them noted, obviously, for, for games for the remainder of the season, um, but also um, already ahead for next season, looking at keeping an eye out on, on them. In Watkins, they've got a striker in good form, scoring plenty of goals. Missed out last time, unfortunately, and for us. But uh, he must have one eye on that England squad because Ivan Tony's ahead of him at the moment, but we know he's going to be suspended. So that's his carrot, I think, to continually keep scoring goals and to keep his place in a Villa side that will have money to spend in the summer. Behind him, Wendia, Ramsey, Bailey, they all either scored or, or assisted in that last result as well. And in Douglas Louise, who did open the scoring against Bournemouth, they've got a player who's a fantastic uh, at set pieces. And I think that could be crucial in this one against Chelsea because I'm still not convinced by Kepa in goal. Yes, a decent shot stopper, but he doesn't command the area for me. He doesn't give me that confidence that I'd want as a defender. Um, he looks a bit nervous. And as a defender, I'd be nervous with him behind me. Um, I, I think there's times when he doesn't go for a cross or a ball into the box 
because he doesn't want to make the mistake and he'd rather then try and react to what happens after that, which isn't isn't a great situation to be in. So I think that the set pieces could be a certain um, area of threat for Villa in this one. Um, they are slightly weak defensively. I'd imagine that will be a big fo- focus for Emery in the summer, both as a coaching viewpoint and also as uh, a, an area that it would look to strengthen the squad. They do have mistakes and they do throw out chances and I think Chelsea will score against them. But the key thing, you know, Villa have conceded 25 in the 16 games under Emery, but the key thing is they've scored in every single one of those games. They've not failed to score at all under Emery so far and I'm going to take them to keep that run going, but also concede at least one as well. So both seem to score at minus 106 for me. is a nice bet, good value. Nice one. Uh, Nigel, let's come back to you uh, for the final bet of the show. Bournemouth, uh, again, one of the teams involved in the relegation fight. They take on high-flying Fulham. Um, how do you see this one going? Well, I said at the start of the show, you want to get with teams that basically uh, or get against sides that are sort of looking at towards the end of the season now and thinking they've done enough. And I think Fulham are that one of them teams in the Premier League already. Um, Fulham to me once they got beaten the FA Cup that was pretty much their season over in that crazy game against Manchester United and that's going to affect them hugely in this match here uh, obviously Fulham uh, have had a brilliant start to the season we're in the top six and now they're sort of going back down I think they'll finish in the bottom half of the table I think Villa and the Chelsea will obviously uh, overtake them and you can see by their performances in the last three or four weeks that they are gradually just 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 not putting the, the performances in from the start of the season uh, they've now lost their last three, um, which is, you know, the, the expected. But they've conceded three goals in every one of those games. I know one of them was at Brentford, one of them was Arsenal, one of them was Manchester United. So they've been tough fixtures, but they've conceded three goals, which would be a concern. It's a very young squad. It's a very a fragile squad, not, not the biggest squad in the Premier League. Uh, and it's without two of their best players for this game. I mean, Mitrovic is out, obviously suspended for a long suspension after he pushed the referee in that cup game. And obviously, Willian, who handed the ball, the ball is also missing. So they are two big players to miss going to a, site, to, to a team. That I know they're at the bottom of the table. I know myself and Jack are willing to get relegated, but their home form hasn't been that bad. It's their road form that's shocking. Last time out, they beat Liverpool. And uh, if Fulham are going there with a team that absolutely are desperate for the points, they need all their best players. And unfortunately, two of them aren't there. The manager's also got a touchdown ban, hasn't he, for this game? I'm sure he's got a touchdown ban for this as well, Marco Silva. So he's not going to be in the dugout as well. So they're going to a Bournemouth side who are absolutely desperate for the points and fighting for the points and doing all right at home. Um, on the back of They're going there on the back of three very indifferent matches, conceding goals. Long season already, taking its toll, done their bit, players thinking, well, a lot of their players are coming back from long trips in the international break as well and without their best players and their, and their manager. So with all those factors, I'm going to go for Bournemouth here, again on the draw no bet market and minus 120. I think that Bournemouth gets something from this match against a depleted Fulham side uh, who, um, who may be a fade now from now to the end of the season, Fulham. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, nice one, guys. Uh, let's round up then the picks uh, from our two handicappers today. Uh, Manchester City versus Liverpool, uh, the early game, uh, probably the standout game on paper this weekend. Uh, Jack has gone for Fabinho to get a card. Yes, at plus 210. Uh, in the game between Arsenal and Leeds, Nigel has gone for both teams to score. Yes, at plus 100. And Jack has decided uh, to split one unit equally 
on Bukayo Saka to score and Bukayo Saka to score at least two goals. For Bukayo Saka to score one, it's at plus 140, at least one. And for Bukayo Saka to score at least two, it's at plus 650. So you can see why he's uh, gone for that split there. Uh, Looking ahead to Chelsea versus Aston Villa, that's the late game on Saturday. Jack has gone for both teams to score there at minus 106. Uh, Nigel's gone for Leicester on the draw no bet versus Palace. Uh, That's at plus 100. That's going to be a really, really interesting game in terms of the relegation battle. And speaking of relegation candidates, Bournemouth, who are in action against Fulham, uh, Nigel has gone for them on the draw no bet uh, at minus 125. And he's explained uh, the reasons there. Fulham with a few issues to contend with after their FA Cup exit at Manchester United uh, not too long ago. So those are the guys' picks for this week. Make sure you give us a follow on at Because We Win. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, leave a like and leave a comment too. Um, Make sure you follow the guys on their personal handles as well. Uh, Nigel, what can people expect? What should people be looking out for? We know you've just come back from uh, the tennis, but what's uh, what's around the corner? Get in bed. (laughs) I'm absolutely shattered. I'm absolutely shattered. I'm, I'm sitting here, and my eyes are just closing, and nothing to do with the podcast. I'm absolutely 24 hours up now. So, uh, no, there's loads of good stuff coming up there. Obviously, you've got the, all the leagues being back the French League, the Italian League, the uh, the Spanish League, the Premier League is back. We've got uh, Sean Calvert is off to Morocco. I don't think he's going to have the same kind of exploits as that I did, but uh, <laughs> he, he'll, he'll be in Morocco. And uh, next week for the, um, for the tennis, and obviously the Champions League's hot, hot's up. In just two weeks, we've got the quarterfinals and then with some really mouth-watering ties and uh, the handicappers will be on giving you the best bets in the Champions League and the Europa League as well. Nice one, guys. Uh, Thank you so much for the picks. Thank you for listening, of course. Make sure you give us a follow. Make sure you subscribe and we'll be back next week with more. Until then, take care of yourselves and uh, good luck. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. 